Hey, it's episode 16. This is No Laugh Track, Acme Comedy's official podcast. This is Justin Severson, and I'm here with my guest, Mick Ka- no, Mike Kaplan. You got me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to add a laugh track to... <laughs> you bastard! Yeah, I'm going to laugh at everything you say. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to have that... Uh, there's the one crazy woman in the back with the obnoxious laugh. Oh, sure. And then the clap. There's also I'll, a clap and a laugh track. I'll do what I can. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to create a laugh track with just one one person. Uh, we're sitting up, we're here, we're, uh, we're on the stage, it's Wednesday afternoon, and uh, you're one show down for the week. One show, six to go, I think? Six to go. Let's see. Sure, let's go with that. That's right, six to go. <laughs> let's go with it because it is accurate. <laughs> let's go with it because you did some research and, yeah. I often good. follow the truth. Yeah. I like to back things up. You know, I go with what I feel like, and if it's the truth, bonus. <laughs> exactly. How was, uh, how was last night? I had a good time. Uh, I, I always enjoy performing here at Acme, and uh, last night was no exception to that. Yeah. You just got in town yesterday. True. Yeah. One show. Um, true again. True again. Damn, I'm I'm on fire. This, what is this called? The Truth Podcast? <laughs> it's going to be for this one. Yeah. Officially renamed. So um, we were just talking off the mic, and you said this weekend people were uh you want the laugh track of the real live laugh track because you might be uh, doing some recording. I I will definitely be doing some recording. What happens after that? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> ideally releasing recordings in some form uh, in the form of a compact disc or album or some other, you know, there's, there's a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, very limited options, but uh, <laughs> you know, a lot comparatively compared to zero, there's infinite times zero because if you multiply zero by anything, you can't get to anything. So, uh, and that's the kind of humor that you'll hear this weekend. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, did he? Did I hear humor? Wasn't that just math? Oh yeah, you'll hear all kinds of math. <laughs> you do like a half an hour on math. Is that correct? Uh, I would say. I mean, I'll just go with yes. Yes, yes. let's say yes. <laughs> Not even on math. In math, I just do a half hour of math. <laughs> Manipulating your body into numbers. Oh, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty great. Let me do. Let me do some impressions. What do you think of the number four? <laughs> Now I'll do the number sign. I'll do a hashtag for you. <laughs> hashtag, I'm up here alone. Yeah. <laughs> this week I'm preparing, you know, for the recording. But uh, other weeks when I wouldn't be doing that, I would be, you know, I would still be listening to my sets, doing some writing, doing some creating, sending out some emails. Uh, today released a new music video for an, an upcoming music comedy album that I have that is out on September 25th, yeah. 2012. Yeah, I, do, I, I want to talk about that. Well? I've seen, uh, you know, when you do a search of Mike Kaplan uh, on Google, I use Google. You're allowed to. I use Bing. Okay. You're wrong. No, no. Actually, do you know, here's, a, here's an interesting fact. In blind taste tests, blind studies of yep. Bing versus Google, two out of three people prefer Bing's results. I know. I just saw that the other day. I saw it on Bing. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't see it on no, Google. No, no. It's, it's, it's real news. Yeah. Uh, like that's, a, that's a thing that's really... I did see that. I, sh- I should switch. Uh, Bing so- it. Bing it on is their new their new slogan. Hey, oh. I have some jokes about it, but so I've like I talk about it all the time on like on my new podcast, uh, and I've talked about uh, how Bing is a sponsor. Even though I don't have any sponsors, but, right, right. Uh, just I like the idea of Bing. Yeah, when I binged you, uh, that's this thing about this uh, CD coming out, and it's some music. I'm glad that came. Yeah, uh, please explain. <laughs> I will explain. That's almost the name of it. It's called Please Be Seated. Ah! So I'm already seated. And while seated, I will explain. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my friend, uh, Micah Sherman, is a guy I met in Boston when he was doing stand-up and improv there. Now he mostly does improv, acting, sketch, other such things. Doesn't do stand-up as much. Hates it, but is great at it. Uh, is one of the funniest guys I know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, does, so does a lot of, you know, he's been in movies, does some commercials, uh, does a show called The Scene in New York, which is like improvised one-act plays. Cool. And so he and I met in Boston when we were doing stand-up, and we, did, we had both come from sort of musical backgrounds. Like my parents were music teachers. I had come to comedy via music. Like, I had some funny songs that I'd written. He had been banned as a uh, high schooler, I believe, or in college. And we got just got the opportunity to work together. He was like, do you want to write some songs? And this was, you know, maybe six years ago, 
Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was like, sure. Like, yeah, I wasn't as into improv, but I, I did the improv yes and. I was like, <laughs> yes, I like you, and what happens next? Right. Uh, and we started hosting shows at the Comedy Studio in Harvard Square in uh, in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Boston area, right. and uh, we just wrote, we wrote a bunch of songs and would play them, and people seemed to enjoy them. We would go on some podcasts and play them. We'd go out and play at other shows. We both moved to New York around the same time four years ago, started playing out there, yeah. and every once in a while, people would be like, well, can, where can I get these songs? Yeah. And we were like, nowhere! <laughs> Bootleg. Uh, illegally! <laughs> by, by listening to us, and then remembering them. You know, illegally remembering them. <laughs> like, we don't want anyone to remember our songs. Hey, someday that may be. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, illegal remembering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then so we, uh, last December, we went back to Boston to uh, the Comedy Studio and Improv Boston and recorded uh, a couple live shows. And then we went into a studio and recorded a couple uh, track studio tracks. Wow. Uh, and now the CD is has come into being and will be released to the public via iTunes. It's on pre- you can pre-order it immediately. Yes. Right now, if it's before September 25th, you can pre-order it. If it's September 25th or beyond, you may order it. You are you can post-order it if you immediate want. Immediate download. But download yeah, but now. so today, as we're recording this on the 12th of September, yes. uh, today is the, the first official release of one music video that we have created. So these are like songs you've been doing, you know, like you said, years ago. Uh, we started, yeah, I would say we we hosted the shows. We had a weekly show that we hosted at the Comedy Studio between, like, uh, sometimes through 2007 to 2008. Yeah. Uh, so for, it's at le- we started writing things at least at that point, maybe a little earlier. Uh, and so some of the songs are that old. Some of them are, you know, from the past year or two. Yeah. Now, you said your parents were, they're, they were both music teachers? That is correct. What, uh, publics, like, uh, high school, college, uh, what are the- my my father was a high school band director and at times an elementary school music uh, teacher and a private music lesson giver. He taught growing up. There were people would come to the house and sure. learn yeah. saxophone and flute and clarinet from him. Is it violin the first thing you played? It is. Have, when was the last time you picked up a violin? You know, uh, I pick it up here and there. Like I've probably played it once in the past year. Yeah, and then. In the past couple of years, like a good buddy of mine, Zach Sherwin, who goes by the rap name MC Mr. Napkins, he is a comedic rapper. Okay. Check out his stuff. He's I he's wonderful. Will do. He is actually, uh, he and I have collaborated on creating the theme song for my soon-to-be podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hang Out With Me will mm-hmm. be the name of it. Uh, and so he, he wrote all, he's a rapper and he wrote all the lyrics for the theme song and uh, I laid down some acapella stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so he... He had he released an album with Comedy Central Records um, in the past couple of years, and one of the tracks on that album uh, has went into sort of a, a sea shanty motif for a moment, and yeah. he asked me to play some fiddle on it, and so I uh, I recorded some violin on his album. So, and then my ex wife as well uh, had me come in and like play violin. So I play I play violin for friends every once in a while now, rarely for myself though. I do play the guitar frequently on my own. Yeah. I played violin when I was a kid. Oh, and let's uh, fight! Yeah, <laughs> you want to make something of it? When I meet somebody who also plays violin, I challenge them to a physical fist fight. <laughs> You're the only one who's ever done that. Yep, probably. Uh, I try to be original. Well, if we both had violins right now, I could take you on in some uh, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." We could do. Uh, we could re- try to redo a very simplistic version of "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." Very. Simplistic. You're, you're familiar. Yeah. That that's a that was a fun song too. I played uh, in a band. I when I say I played in a band in high school, like literally the band only got together for like one performance. Yeah. And that was one of the songs we played, yeah. and I played fiddle in that band. It was important for my mom that I that music would be important because it was so important to her. Yeah. As a kid, I believe my mom said, do you want to play an instrument? And as a kid, you're like, sure. Yeah, sure. And so then I had violin lessons. And then at some point I was like, I want to stop. I don't like practicing. I would like throw tantrums and lay down on the ground. And my mom was like, no, you said yes. So uh, <laughs> you keep you keep doing it. And and I, so I, I went every week, you know, every week to a private lesson. And then for most of my childhood, I went to like every Saturday, I would go to like a program where I would be play either in an orchestra for an hour, play in like a small ensemble for an hour, have like a master class, have a theory class. Oh, I was like most of my Saturday for most of my childhood would be taken up with uh, with this, and then sometimes I would have like another quartet that met during the week. It was like there was a lot. I did a lot of music that I didn't have a choice about. Yeah, I can only uh, think that my parents didn't want me to ever meet women. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair enough. Well, you know, at, as an adult, that uh, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It's, yeah. you can you're allowed to meet women no matter. There's women out there or men who will be happy with whatever. Like like they could have a violin fetish, you know. <laughs> I'm it, sure there's probably, probably a website for that. Yeah, ch- violinfetish.com. Check it out. They're one of our sponsors. So. <laughs> Uh, just uh, new this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. since I said it. Uh, <laughs> if it's a thing, uh, write in, guys. Uh, but I, I was happy when, in high school is when I started playing the guitar. I just picked it up and started teaching myself because having all of the stringed instrument knowledge that yeah. was that had been crammed into my brain without beyond my control. Yeah. Now. I could use it, and I was thrilled. So I'm real, I'm very conflict. I, I'm conflicted in theory about what to do with kids. Do you, you know, just let the? I mean, I think on the one hand, if you're like, let them do. Don't make them do things that they're not happy to do. Right. Let them try things that they want to, and if they want to do it, like kids love to learn. They don't love to be taught. Is a thing that I've. I think the the director of my summer camp would always say uh, he, that director was correct from uh, what I found. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, obviously, like you can. You know, there are things that we quote unquote have to, you know, kids, they don't have to go to school. Like you could homeschool, you could do whatever. But, you know, like, okay, they, to survive in society, you want them to know certain things. Some basic skills. Yeah. Like I remember when I've taught guitar, I taught guitar at the summer camp and there would be two very different kinds of students. Like one who was just like, please, I want to, I want to know how to play the guitar. Yeah, yeah. And I would show them something and they would come back the next day and be like, now I know how to do that. What next? And then they would very, very quickly catch up to like, I'm like, I've taught you pretty much all the basics yeah. that I can. Now and let's join a band together. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, you're as good as me. You teach me now. What did you just do? Uh, but then some kids would come once a week, and they would. I would show them a thing, and then they'd come back the next week. You didn't practice, and I wouldn't be mad at them yeah. because, like, for the violin, I didn't always practice. No. I would show up to lessons, like, just having practiced. Like, here's how I'd practice the violin. You know, the way that sometimes you go to the dentist, and the day before, you're like, I'm going to brush my teeth for 24 hours straight. Yep, I'm, I'm going to floss, floss yep. like a mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a mother tells my... me to. <laughs> like a... a mother flosser. <laughs> uh, that is literally how, like, I would look at the stuff and be like, okay, I got it. I can trick my, my teacher wasn't tricked. Mm-mm. She know, yeah, but she did her job the same way. She didn't get mad. She was just like, okay, now let's do this. Yeah. And that's what I would do to these kids. I'd be like, well, this is, if you want to learn, then this is what you have to do. Just keep doing that over and over again until your fingers do the right thing, until your brain does the right thing, until you can do it without looking or thinking, you know? I def- so if I have kids, like, I feel like, even though music is important to me, it's funny because music is sort of the avenue that I did get into comedy through. Yeah. Uh, and comedy is sort of like my, you know, my passion, my love, my life, my my career, my my ev- my everything. Um, you know, also I like uh, I like and love my girlfriend. Uh, I think a personal life and a professional life are reasonable. Do you like like music or do you like like music? Oh, I uh, I hate bang it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm keeping things clean, but, uh, yeah, mother flosser. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say from now on. But I hate bang music. Yeah. Hate bang, right? <laughs> uh, no, like, I definitely, you know, like, music is my family. <laughs> uh, but comedy is my, you know, my new family. Your roommates. I mean, it's my, I mean, it's like, you know, you have your family who you love that raised you, mm-hmm. and that's what music is to me, and it's still a part of my life, and I care about it, and I love it, and I go to it, not all the time, but, uh... There you go. Uh, but comedy is, like, you know, my relationship. It is the, the thing that I am with, you know, and choose to be with pretty much every day, and that I, I think it, and feel it, and love it. So know? how did you, uh, you you haven't really explained it, how, what... From music to comedy, what? How did that happen? And I won't explain it. Okay. Uh, no. And yeah. then next yeah. week's guest. No is... questions, please. Uh, <laughs> I I thought I told you very clearly what I wouldn't wouldn't talk about. Damn I said off don't limits. No, I I was just actually reading the. I was telling you about this again off mic. No, so I I just read an an article came out in uh, City Paper. Is that a, City a local pages. City Pages? Yes. Okay, City Pages. Uh, uh, a man interviewed me a few days ago, yeah. and uh, and his interview appeared. He interviewed me over the phone. So this is a. Uh, I think a miss it was a, a miscommunication via perhaps the connection I said uh, here I'll tell you the story and then how it ends uh, it's very Tarantino like here look let me <laughs> guys what story is even happening all the of right them at order? once hold yeah on, hold on. Let okay. me get a pen. not important not Im- so in my life I was trying to be a musician singer songwriter had a lot of songs went out to it was in Boston for school I would go out to like music 
venues, clubs, wherever I could to perform the music that I had. And one such place that I, I just like, I think I, I searched, I don't even think this was before Google. So whatever I did, I hot botted. Uh, but you know, I binged uh, clubs, like Boston area clubs. And yellow I found, pages it. yeah, I probably, I probably did. did I probably yellow pages did. I, so I found this club, the comedy studio, yeah. uh, which would become like the first place that I performed. And then where I go back to whenever I go to, to Boston, like, uh, it's you know, sort of, that's my comedy birthplace. Sure. But I, at the time I was a musician. I was like, I have funny songs. Can I come play my funny songs there? And the guy was like, sure. Uh, and I went there and I played a couple funny songs and, and I would just do that every, every couple months. I think he would let me come back and I would sort of, you know, bring friends. And it was like, I was like a com, what I would call now like a comedy, you know, a hobbyist or a tourist or sure. just somebody who's like, there's these people who are like, they love doing it, but they just don't do it every night. It's not what they're pursuing, even though I was trying to pursue it, but I was also, he, I think the, the owner saw me rightly as a guy who's trying to do music until yeah. it eventually, I just really enjoyed, you know, what I would now call riffing. I would mm-hmm. like, you know, play a song and then sort of talk to the audience and like make them laugh or maybe plan some things and be like, oh, wow, that was it's fun to make people laugh mm-hmm. with. And it was just a skill that I didn't, you know, that had never really practiced, never really knew was a thing that I just this is fun and exciting. I'm like these songs. I know how the song goes, but this is ex- like to try mm-hmm. other things. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe I don't. I tried to stretch out the time that I'm in between the songs and be like, eventually I started going out to other open mics uh, and be like, oh, I'll bring the guitar just in, you know, to close with a song because I know that close with a strong uh, <laughs> and uh, a Freudian not slip. <laughs> That's my Freudian lip. Uh, I would, so I would play, if I had a five minute set, I would play like four minutes. I would do four minutes of jokes yeah. or I'd jokes. I'd be like, hey, nothing. Okay, what about this song that I know is funny? Yeah. Great. I end. Goodbye. You liked me a little. Yeah. Uh, and so then I, when I got 10-minute sets, I would try to do you know as many. Again, just end with a song or end with a couple songs. Uh, and so that is how I organically or accidentally shifted uh, into comedy. And the thing I was telling you was that – so I said that to this reporter. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I sort of accidentally organically became a comedian uh, from a musician. And so he wrote – so he, that's how he accidentally or manically uh, <laughs> got into comedy. And I was like, oh, I, I guess my comedy is kind of manic, so I can't complain too much. But uh, that could have been a lot worse. Or fanatically. You know what he's doing? He's tightening up your stories. I guess so. Yeah. I'm going to tell people that from now on. How'd you get into comedy? Manically. <laughs> like, I started out, I was real calm. I was real calm. I didn't talk to anybody at all. I just had slicked down hair. I had glasses. I had braces. Nobody talked to me. A kid wanted to cheat off my test. That was the only interaction I had in the eighth grade. And then I went on to become a manic comedian. There was a lot of stuff that happened in between. Uh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> Went to high school, didn't have any friends, thought everybody didn't like me, two people didn't like me, I extrapolated that was everybody, and then I went to a summer camp where everybody did seem okay, I was like, hey, not everybody is a bad person in high school, finally, senior year, had a girlfriend, got enough confidence to go to college, and when I was in college, I was like this too much. (laughs) I need to tone it down a little bit, but now in comedy, I can tone it back up, manic comedy! That's an Italian dish, I believe, I'll have the manic comedy, please. (laughs) I love Weird Al. Like he's one of my Weird Al is very good. He's one of my favorites of all time. He know? is uh, a hugely talented guy who I, I love. The song "White and Nerdy" that might be my favorite. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love. I mean, he's. I think I, I grew up like listening, not listening to everything that he did, but yeah. you know, certainly he was real big. Like you know, Eat It. Yeah. And uh, oh, Gangs. Uh, what not the Amish Paradise? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like he was. Really on top of things, yeah. like a surge. Like, yeah, he's amazing. He's very, very good. Well, when what you, is your question? What, my, yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to say more things? More. Let me say that he's good in more ways. He's great. He's fantastic. <laughs> you wanted synonyms, is that right? Yes. Okay. Was there anybody else you were looking at? Like, oh, I want to be like him. You know, I honestly, uh, I like many. Like, there's. A, I think here's the thing. There's a big. There's a stigma about comedy music. I think that it is... Hacky. People say it's hacky. Yes, that it is bad. It is undesirable in some ways. Because I think there are... I think, you know, Patton Oswalt is the guy who... I'll I'll hack Patton Oswalt in his discussion of hackery. Sure. Uh, But he, he, you know, in an interview many years ago, he said a thing that was, I think, valuable, if not exactly accurate, that he's like, you know, 
when I think he was discussing the difference between like alt and like club comedy and how like you know there's the idea of the club comics like the the Bill Burr rant that he did against alt comics Mm -hmm. and then the conversely the the alt scene where there were people who'd be like club comics are hacks or you know whatever the and so there's some reality to both of those things Mm -hmm. but obviously there are people there and I think Patton was making the point he's like 10% of every like of everyone is great or like or I think he said ninety percent of everything is crap. Yeah. Is like ninety percent of alt is crap. Ninety percent of club stuff is crap. Ninety percent of music comedy would be crap. Like yeah. not you know so if you you could point to many examples sure. of uh, and people would be like well ninety percent of female comedians are crap. Well then probably even more percent of men comedians <laughs> yeah, yeah. are crap. Well, that's the thing. Uh, that another thing to get into uh, or not to get into, but uh, just the the sheer numbers. If, if you look at the the volume of male comedians who you don't think are funny, like mm-hmm. or aspiring comedians, that yeah. dominant, you know, straight white male comedians, right. the most of them, most of them, are, because most of everyone isn't like most people aren't as talented or hardworking or you know, I I didn't I don't really look at other people and consciously be like that's something that I want to do. Like I'll look at tons of people in their comedy, musical or not. Like I love Reggie Watts. Uh, I mean, he is an unbelievable talent. He is, you know, not just a comedian, maybe no. not even a comedian, whatever he is. Un- he's an amazing thing. Yes. He, I mean, he, I think you, performance artist might do the bet the closest. Yeah. I think he might say that. But also, I mean, he is hilarious mm-hmm. and super talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's co- that's comedy that I love or it's music that I, it's it's a thing that I love. And if if I ever implement anything like any of i mean not, i'm not like oh i should go out and get like a, a sampler or like a you know learn how to beatbox better or you know get a, a i don't know what the machine is that he uses uh yeah, but yeah, whatever it is yeah. he uses a machine where he you know he lays down beats and bass lines and then improvises over himself and harmonizes with mm-hmm. himself and that's really impressive and i like i like doing that sort of thing for fun like with my you know with my computer and microphones at home yeah but uh, I don't think that's going to ever be implemented. I'm, I don't look at people and be like, wow, that's amazing. I should do that. Yeah. You know, I look at people, like the same thing, like I don't look at, you know, I look at Doug Stanhope and I'm like, that's amazing. And I mean, I try to, he, he's speaking his truth and I try to speak mine, yeah. you know, like like every comedian. I look at Brian Regan and he is doing like amazing things. And I'm like, wow, what, a, what an amazing thing he is. But I don't, I'm not like, well, he's to be, being 100% clean. So I should be 100% clean. Right. Like I'm not going to, for him, it was like, I was 95% clean. It was real easy. Yeah. Uh, very bad Brian Regan. I was 95% clean. <laughs> That's my bad Brian Regan impression. 95%. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not accurate, but you know, you get the idea. Right, right. <laughs> uh, 95, Monaco the extra five. <laughs> uh, so looking at other people, like I, I love all kinds of different things. You know, I love Maria Bamford. Yeah. Uh, because she is a you know an intense genius of the oh, thing yeah. that she does. Like, and so when I do in my reg- in my non musical comedy, I look at all these people and I'm like, you know, obviously the thing that you take from it is they're being themselves, they're being original. So you have to, you know, me, I have to, I want to tap into, like, be be myself, yeah. find what is within me. Certainly, like Paul F. Tompkins is another favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Who, if I listen to him too much, which I do sometimes, like when he at, when I'll listen to everything that he does yeah. that I can, yeah. and then. Uh, I will start talking like him a little bit. Oh you know? yeah! Like I mean, I I won't if I if I notice like an, if I listen to him like extensively, then go on stage and like try a new joke. I might be like, oh, did I was was that the wrong cadence to use? Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. I believe it might be. <laughs> it just he uses like more. I think even more eloquence than than that. But that you know that yeah, again, yeah. there's a feel. I've captured something maybe of. Of what like I mean, he again he's a favorite and I so I listen to some people don't listen to other people because they don't want to be influenced unduly they don't want to uh, as Pete Holmes would say a thing that I've sponged from him mm-hmm. sponge from other people yeah uh, like Pete won't watch Brian Regan because Pete worries that he would you know ape Brian Regan interesting. Uh, these are conversations the comics have, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, Pete yeah. will talk about that on his podcast, yeah. which is uh, a wonderful one. Yeah. You, you made it weird. Yep. Uh, Pete is a, another favorite of mine who, like, I mean, I love, like, the thing that the things that I think you can take from people are, like, not, not their voice, not the things that they say, but, you know, the mentality. Like, I looked at, like, Micah Sherman, who I made this album with, he was a, he has been a performer for, you know, 
most of his life. Since high school, he's been doing improv, uh, and he is now close to my age, and has just been performing and performing. And so, like when we came to the to this duo together, he, like I was bringing from it, bringing to it like this more writerly perspective. Like I, you know, mostly had when I started out, I would write everything down and I would say it just so. Mm-hmm. And now I've taken from him and from people like Paula Tompkins and people like Rory Scovel was a huge influence on me as well. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, you can say the joke that you have in mind. In, in a specific way, in not a specific way, if it ends, you can keep going, you can change, you can do anything. Sure. You can trust yourself to be in the moment, you can react to things and people, uh, you can, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be, like some people are like, my comedy is a symphony, I write it out, like Stephen Wright, I would say, you know, is like a symphony of comedy, 90 minutes where nearly everything is... Uh, planned out, and he's like, I, I start with this joke, I go to this one, I go to this one, I, and so forth until I'm done. Yeah. Uh, not to say that he might not ad lib sometimes, but as I understand it, that he has a very choreographed uh, piece when that he does his like, his show. That seems like it'd be right. Yeah. Whereas like a Jimmy Pardo uh, is a an amazing at his at his best when he is oh. saying things that he has never said before. Yep. His his podcast is unbelievable, uh, and he. I mean that is his talent. He is a he is the jazz. He is the jazz improviser of comedy. Yeah. Like uh, Andy Kindler at his best uh, when you know self analyzing, deconstructing, being completely in the moment could have a joke fall flat and then destroy with an assessment of why that joke fell flat. Uh, you if, know. You want, if people wanted example that, go back to episode. I don't know of this podcast. Check out Andy Kindler on this podcast. Man, fucking tastic! Wow, hilarious. Oh my god, and and he he sat right where you are and did that same just this con- stream of consciousness and you know yeah cor- like he basically he'll do the things like correct himself or uh, I love it. I mean it's it's brilliant, and that's the kind of thing that I don't think I I I do it. I feel like I will at times do a similar thing to that. Yeah, that I hope is not too similar. In that, like I think that we come from he and I come from like a, a similar cultural and. Uh, Maybe just cultural place, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we're Jews, but uh, oh wait not, a second, yeah, not to say. Oh, oh you didn't you didn't know he was a Jew? he was you had him. You just said you liked it. Uh, you don't, guys. Before I got into comedy, I didn't even know that people didn't like Jews. Did you know that? <laughs> like I I I confronted like the first anti-Semitism that I came across. I lived a very sheltered life growing up. Yeah. Uh, the first anti-Semitism I came across was like ironic, joking anti-Semitism from other comedians, yeah. and I was like, what? Hey, why? <laughs> what what do you mean? Like it was really interesting, but like so that's the, the kind of thing I'm think that I'm talking about is like the the thing that Andy does like resonates with me. I'm like I love seeing him do it, and right. it's 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 just also like the kind of person that I am. Mm-hmm. I am a self analytical like in the moment reflective. Uh, so yeah, I respond to what he does, and I uh, you know we're different people, guys. Yeah, no. He's old. I'm young. <laughs> yeah. Andy, if you're listening, thanks. Number one, and also you're not old. We're the same. <laughs> Uh, he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, but it's funny because he's he's a favorite who has some similarities to me. But then, sure. like I said, there's all these favorites who are different. So with music comedy, to answer your question from an hour ago, I here are some musical comedians that I enjoy a great deal: Henry Phillips, Zach, my MC, Mister Napkins, yes. Zach Sherwin. Uh, I don't know com- anything about him. I comedy rapper, check out. check out his stuff. Like I said, Reggie, uh. Hard and Firm, you know, Chris Hardwick of and course. Mike Furman. Yeah. Fabulous. Like, their, their album, I don't even know, I don't know if they still do things together. I, I, I have a solo album of Mike Furman's that's really funny, and I have, uh, and they're wonderful musicians. Like, if people haven't heard the Pie song. Pie song, and do you know, if you like Radiohead, look up their song Rodeohead, which is... Oh, I don't know that one. It is, a, it's a, basically a, it's a medley of Radiohead songs, but all with bluegrass instruments. Uh, so it's Rodeohead. Oh wow, I like it's it. It's really impressive. Yeah. Their whole set, their whole album uh, that 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 those songs are on Pi and that one yeah. is really incredible. And again, I don't even know how I would go about trying to do what these people are doing. Yeah. Like Micah and I just do what we do, which is we sit down with a guitar and say like try to like we're like what's a topic? And often it'll be like Michael, what about this? And we'll just start talking, riffing, singing, joking. Uh, and just you know, trusting each other in the moment. You know, we're we're doing it not in front of an audience at first. Like sometimes, we'll, sometimes we'll make things up in front of audiences, but mostly we'll do it at home, and then build it together, and then uh, bring it out, and then you know, sort of like a stand-up joke. You know, try it out and see see how it works, see what hits, see what needs to be 
adjusted. Uh, now you're so busy. Uh, how much are you touring? Uh, myself, I I tour. I say I'm generally on the road around or at least half the time. Like sometimes it's more. Sometimes I'm in New York just doing shows. Sometimes I go out to L.A. Do you go out? To, do you see many concerts? Live music? I do not see many live music concerts. The I may go see the Flowbots oh, in yeah. October. Yeah. They're they're coming to New York. They're pretty great. I think they're going on tour a, a bunch of places. I just I just came across them recently in the past couple months. My girlfriend introduced me to them, and I love it. Uh, and I saw this was a, a really incredible show. Uh, George Watsky, do you know him? No. He is a, a rapper who is in his mid twenties. And has been, I think he released his an album three years ago, but then since then, like maybe uh, in the past couple of years, uh, hit a, like went viral on YouTube with a, a thing called, it was originally called Pale Kid Raps Fast. Uh-huh. So if you look up Pale Kid Raps Fast, I think it's called Watsky Raps Fast now. Yeah. But he, he puts out videos all the time. He has like several free mixtapes and his rap is really incredible. He, uh, I mean, he and Zach are two of my, they're, uh, Zach is one of my best friends and one of my favorite rappers. George yeah. is a a friend as well. Uh, who we just don't live in. We we have not we've not known each other as long. George, if you're listening, I would love to be good friends. I we're friends. We're friends. Uh, but l- check out. I mean, you can download a couple free things from uh, from everybody. And I, so I went to his. He did a he did a tour, a nationwide tour, or actually international. Uh, and I went to see his his live show in New York was pretty unbelievable. What do you think of? Uh, <clears throat> I think some of the most entertaining concerts I've gone to are the ones where the you know, and most times it's the lead singer talks to the audience and even sometimes tries to be funny. Um, what do you do? You like that, or are you more of a fan? Like just play song, play song, play song, play song. You know, let me hear them hits. Mike Doty, you know who that is. Right? I do. I've d- he does a lot of shows like in the comedy scene in New York, actually. Yeah. Like he, uh, I, so I've been on several shows with him. Yeah. I enjoy, he when he's talking to the audience, I enjoy that as much as the music. Oh, he is, he's an interesting, funny guy. Yeah. Uh, I think, here's the thing that I heard. I, I think I, a friend went to see Bare Naked Ladies uh, a couple times mm-hmm. and then said that from they saw them in one city and then the next city the next night and that the in-between song banter was like choreographed exactly like to a t it was like it was play uh, and so that i don't know if they were telling me as like oh it sort of took away That's... i thought it was in the moment magic but essentially they were doing what stand-ups do yeah most of the time yeah which is you know if you went to see two stand-up shows night after night you would i mean you might get some different material. You might get some different crowd work or ad libbing. Sure, but you know, like t- this week at Acme, uh, I am preparing for a CD recording. Right. The CD recordings will not. I mean, I have more than enough material for it, so I think some of the shows will be different just because there won't be enough time in one show to do all the things that I want to do. Sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem if it's funny. Then sure, if it if I don't enjoy what they're saying, like if they're saying something good or interesting. Uh, like George, at, at the Watsky show, George George Watsky would talk. He wouldn't necessarily. I guess there were some things that were funny in between, but he's really like heartfelt as well. And that, and I like that. He's well, just yeah. a genuine dude. He was like, he's like literally. He's like, this is my first like headlining tour, and I'm thrilled that you guys came out and filled this place. Uh, and I'm not like, boo, play a song, dummy. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, like I'm I'm really happy for. No him. one cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up. We like your music, not your face. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I came. My eyes are closed. <laughs> Keep rapping. <laughs> Am I facing you or the wall? Yeah. I know you're pale. It said it in the thing I read. <laughs> uh, no, I. so I like... I used to... My I actually recorded an album years ago, but when I did, had been doing comedy one year, but had been doing music for many years, mm-hmm. I, at an, a music open mic in Boston... Uh, at a place called Club Passim, which is like a, I think a somewhat famous like folk venue, famous in the folk world, like Bob Dylan played there in the '60s, or and Joan Baez and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And so it has like this rich history, and they have shows there every night of the year. Mm-hmm. Like they have more than more shows than they have days. Like they'll sometimes the nights they'll have multiple shows. Sure. That's how they do that. Uh, how do they space time? Mm. Look. A, a show isn't 24 hours long. What do they stop so time? It's possible. Yeah, they do. Bullshit. Uh, so at this place, every Tuesday night when I was starting doing comedy, 
they and probably maybe still they would have an open mic and they would have somebody recording it so that you could you know you could have a guy get give you an official recording of your song but also some like so it'd be mostly musicians but some comedians would come and i was like i'm gonna make a cd and i called it open mic night mike spelled myq and i recorded it over the course of you know like a dozen nights i think for 12 weeks in a row I would go up on stage and for five minutes I would tell like, you know, a few minutes of jokes and then play like a three minute song. And so now I have, you know, still hundreds of copies left that I (laughs) do not advertise or sell uh, uh, unless somebody is like, I'm a huge fan of yours. I hear you have this thing, please, because it's not representative of what I do now. It has, you know, jokes from my first year of comedy. It's like the, the joking parts of it are like, you know. It's not my best work. Like yeah. some of the jokes are good, but the performance is not obviously where I sure. have come to, and not where I will go to. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it is where I will go to. Maybe I'll end up exactly back there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the future holds. What maybe was I thinking these are great jokes. The pa- yeah. Uh, yeah. Is the audience? They did it wrong. <laughs> they didn't show up. Like, sometimes the place would be full. Sometimes it would be closer to empty. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be on at the beginning of the night. Sometimes I'd be on at the end. So it's a really mixed. It's a really interesting. Uh, is it really interesting? Uh, let me tell you what's interesting <laughs> about the story that I'm telling you. To me, I'm interested by it because uh, it's me. <laughs> but uh, that CD, like I like the music. Like I'm happy with the music that I recorded because yeah. it represents. It is representative of like what I was doing at the time. At, whereas the comedy, I'm like I don't. Well, I don't like what that represents. And I'm not sure why I started telling the story. Do you know why? What day is it today? Uh, it was Wednesday when we started. It's still Wednesday. Oh, great. I don't remember. What I think we stopped time with that. But <laughs> uh, the point is. The point is music and comedy make the world go around. Or uh, around. Not, maybe not around, but just round. Go round. It makes the world hang around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I forget if. Uh, have I answered the question that you most recently remember asking? <laughs> I believe so. What about the one before that? <laughs> Nope. Yeah, okay. You totally ignored me. Probably. Asshole. Ah, but yeah, so that uh, Micah and I have a music CD coming out, and then there'll be more not music CDs in the future. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Uh, No, I remember what the last question was. It was about the, uh, you know, artists talking on stage. But uh, yeah, I think think, think we covered that. That, Oh, yeah, the answer is, oh, that is exactly why I brought that up, because I would go to that open mic and see people go up and mostly be musicians, right? Mostly play music. But almost all of them would, like, say a little something at the beginning, like, tell a story about the song, be like, here's what I... and Or, like, make a little joke. And I remember the stakes were so much lower for, like, be like, oh, this isn't even what they're doing. So, who like, ah, I'll laugh at this. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, you know, this wouldn't, this wouldn't fly at Acme. You know, yeah, this wouldn't, yeah, yeah. this would <laughs> if you just tried to take this to open mic night, come on. Uh, but it was like, because the thing that they were doing was music. So it was like, oh, you're a musician. And hey, funny for a musician. Like, I think that was the idea. Yeah. But sometimes when I would go up there and like just be talking, then be like, well, you have to be, if all you're doing is talking, then we need to hold you to a higher standard. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah. But so sometimes I would go up there with the guitar. and be, Then I think the problem that I would have when I went up there with the guitar and started telling jokes initially, they'd be like, oh, he hasn't even really started yet. So we'll we'll just wait until he starts playing. That's the flip side of that. I went and saw an R.E.M. concert once and Michael Stipe towards the end of the show. He goes, uh, I'm going to do we're going to do one more song here. It's about a uh, shepherd. You probably have never heard it. And then it was uh, end of the world as we know it. Ha. I was like, yeah, burn. You got us. That's funny. Yeah. R.E.M. Speedwago, one of my favorite bands. Speed Dealer? Uh, no, R.E.M. Speedwago. Speedwago. I combine the, the bands R.E.O. Speedwagon and R.E.M. Okay. I, I uh, Did everybody understand now? Does everybody, did everybody get what I did after I did it twice and then explained it once? Do I need to explain it? Equal numbers. Am I wait? Is this too much, Andy Kindler? Is this? <laughs> am I doing too much, Andy Kindler? Is this too much, Andy Kindler? Eh, what about this? Is this him? Is this enough, Andy Kindler? What, what, do what you am, want more, Andy Kindler? What am I explaining too much? Yeah. What am I, Andy Kindlering too much? <laughs> Mike, def- uh, quickly explain how you came up with Mike instead of Michael. Uh, well, Mike is short for Michael. M-Y-Q-L is how you would spell it. But it's not the correct spelling. No. no. Well, who's to say what is correct? Everybody? Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Consensus? Who's to say? Who's to say how much Andy Kindler? I don't think I'm doing it anymore. I think, I think that's somebody else. Yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> hey, Brian Kindler here. 
who's Brian Kindler? It what if Andy Kindler and Brian Regan had a baby? That would be pretty unbelievable. That would be for a few reasons. A miracle, yeah, actually. Uh, Jesus, the second coming. <laughs> I think Jesus is going to come back when Andy Kindler and Brian Regan have a baby. So uh, that's something I'll believe in. When I was at my summer camp around age fourteen, fifteen, whenever Prince changed his name to a symbol, that was the inspiration to me. I'd be like, that guy's a weirdo. I'll be a weirdo. Uh, and I, I was like, I'm not gonna do as weird. I'll just change. I'm gonna still use letters. Yeah. But I'm gonna, and I like my initial. I like to have. I don't want any. If I have monogram things, people make me a monogram thing. I don't. I don't want that to be ruined. Like right. my name was Robert. I wouldn't go by Bob. Like my dad does. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. But uh, and it's fine. You're allowed to do that if you want to. I wouldn't. Live your own life. Uh, but yeah. So I was like, M. I'll keep the M, and then I'll change everything else to a Y. And I think I was originally gonna do a K, but then somebody's like, Why not a Q? And I was like, Why not a Q? Why not a Q? Exactly. And then Prince changed his name back, and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm alone now. I'm a lone weirdo <laughs> doing a thing for no reason <laughs> other than to make some people think it's good and make some people think it's bad. And uh, you know, you're both right. It's uh. It's neither. It's whatever you bring to it, I guess. I love your joke about. Uh, I met a girl. To, I'm not going to do it, but you met uh, something about meeting a girl named Meg. Oh yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> True story. But it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I I probably couldn't even do it anymore because it's. Uh, I think it's from my first CD. Oh and okay. I, I I think I you you did, did you see it on. Uh, it was on one of on uh, one of your yeah late yeah. night sets. I think exactly. I did it on, on the Craig Ferguson program. That, that sounds. Yep, the that name was of one it. of my. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, do you watch the? I, I say it so eloquently. The Craig Ferguson program. Do you mean the Late Late Show? Yeah, that is what I mean. I have that. Yeah. Uh, yes, I told that joke there, so I could go back and watch it and then tell it to you, maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, about it I watched it last night, and uh, yeah, the gist of it was you, you met a girl named Meg, and like, oh, it's short for Megan, which by the way is my oldest daughter's name. Oh. And, uh, and then it's like, no, it's actually for Margaret. Yeah, and then you do the thing, and we did oh, a yeah. story on uh, you know, uh, the morning show I work on. Uh, we did a story, and in the very first sentence, the the subject of the story was about someone named. It said Peg, you know Johnson or whatever. In parentheses, it said Margaret. Oh yeah, it was like amazing timing. Like I don't even think I ever realized that anyone used Meg for Margaret. And now you're gonna you're gonna meet those people all the time. I'm gonna run into one every day now. Yeah. Uh, anyone out there who's listening, named Peg, short for Margaret, write in <laughs> or follow. Uh, the show on Twitter or do whatever you do it or I don't know I don't know how it works <laughs> but uh, do something to make uh, this gentleman here Justin know that you're a person please because he'll spot you now all now, over the place now Mike M Y Q first time I saw you anywhere was on my television on uh, Last Comic Standing thanks for doing that yep how uh, was that your idea did somebody push you to get on there are was you it? Happy you did it? Are you upset you did it? <laughs> I like the uh, the connotations of all these questions. Why did you do that? <laughs> Explain this to me. What what were you thinking? That ordeal back yeah. in two thousand six. Explain. I saw a horrible thing. <laughs> Can you provi- provide any context to make it palatable to my understanding? Like, look, I'm about to hate you. Have you apologized? Yeah. Is there, yeah, can you, can you apologize? Uh, here, so I guess what you're, you're getting at is some people don't love the idea of a competitive reality comedy show. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, but I'll just say that overall, I, I, I thought that show was great in that I got to see comics on, uh, on, you know, one of the major networks in prime time. And I did get introduced to a lot of people that I, had never heard of before you for example so my, there you go my attitude thank you uh is is just that it is that show does very little that is bad and at least the season that i was on i was very happy because number one that was the season that they were like we're just going to focus on comedy mm-hmm. like for better or worse like you, people might have liked seeing people live in a house and do weird challenges that weren't related to comedy and like cuz that's that's reality tv sure but and not to say that it wasn't reality TV when we did it. There were still producers. There were still other th- – like, the judges didn't have complete you know, autonomy over what happened. Right. Uh, but ultimately, it did just become you – know, it was – we just did stand-up. Yeah. Like I did stand-up in front of judges, then in front of audiences, and judges and audience. Like it's, that's all it, – the worst-case thing – the worst-case scenario – like it was definitely like I I thought it would be a good thing to go up because what is the worst thing that happens? Maybe they make you look bad. That happened on one other season. They like they they cut me off and they were like, "Don't tell a joke like that." Oh, really? Oh yeah, they they put me in a montage of these people told jokes about 
babies. Oh. Like about like hurting, ba- being mean to ba- these people were mean to babies. That's not comedy. And like literally, <laughs> so I started a joke, and they were like, "No, I don't like jokes about punching babies." <laughs> uh, and the guy who said that, ironically, was a guy who was an actor on The Sopranos. I'm like, oh, you're on a show where you shoot regular all people people oh. all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't like I don't like violence in art. Yeah. Really? Really, big pussy? You hate yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that wasn't, it wasn't that character, but that's what I said to him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Really? You big pussy? He's like, that's not who I played. Oh, played? Yeah. <laughs> what a great way for that story to go. Um, can, I, can I take that with me from here and you know what? You tell should. it into the future? That's fantastic. I like it a lot. Uh, that's real funny. <laughs> Guys, I don't care what you think. <laughs> big pussy. Real nice. Uh, but yeah, so the point is, I won't the, let you forget. The you worst thing that happened to me, yeah. Did, oh, can we record this? Okay. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to me w- happened, like that could happen to me happened, like. And they don't. That's it. Like you didn't know that. It, you, you saw me on the show. You know, two years later, you didn't know that this was. They actually did. I don't know why you didn't know this because I did talk about it in that season. Why didn't you listen to everything that I said every week? Maybe you. Maybe you had your life and daughters. Damn it. Um, but. I, your life and daughters, wife and daughters? No, no, not my wife. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> life and daughters. Yeah, uh, we have that in common. We talked about that. Well, yes. that on our off the air show. We did. Yeah. We did and will again. Uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's talk about it right now. Sadness. Go. Um, I, uh, yeah, on, on the season where I did make it to the finals, uh, they definitely talked about how, like, oh, th- like it was sort of like this narrative of redemption that they, the, the way that those shows work, sometimes they're like, oh, let's talk about this. We'll be like, we'll ask you this, and then you'll say this thing, mm-hmm. right? And if and you, you can choose to say whatever you want, and they can choose to air whatever parts of whatever you say. So it's just important to, I think, represent yourself. Try not to make them have any access to sound bites that you wouldn't be like, hey, if we cut that part off, now you are saying a racist thing. That's gotta you know? be pretty difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think they also didn't really, they weren't out to trick us. They were out to, you know, put on a show, and they definitely would be like, I think there was a time when they'd be like, "Who do you think you're better than?" You oh, know? I remember that. And uh, and I think most no, of funnier us funnier than yeah yeah. Who do you think you're funnier? And we mostly be, I think most of us were just like, "Well, it's a subjective art form, and uh, I'm a fan of all these people. They're all my friends. Very difficult to compare yourself to someone else." And they'd be like, "Cut! <laughs> <laughs> that is unusable." <laughs> Uh, unless they're like, well, we got enough to extract the words, but I think I am funnier than, and then Mike, you know, uh, I didn't pay my bill last night. <laughs> Look, he said, Bill, we got Bill. All right. <laughs> like from the movie Sneakers. Did you see that movie? Yes. My uh, voice is my passport. <laughs> Validate me. Watch. We're brought to you by Sneakers. So not the movie, just the Sneakers. Right. Uh, and that movie is old and they're not giving us any money, but it's a good one. So check it out. We bring you Sneakers. Um, but yeah, so I the literally the worst thing that you can happen is that you look bad momentarily and then everybody forgets about it forever. Like there's no like in the paper uh this guy did badly. Now remember forever. Right. I think Louis CK has said in in interviews he's like your failures don't pile up, your successes do. Uh I believe I'm paraphrasing. If I'm not, then it's been a failure and let's forget about it. So uh, <laughs> and remember it. But yeah, so there's no, like, the worst thing that happens, generally speaking, when you go into that audition for the first day is, for most people, it's just like, oh, you don't get on, and then the next day, your life is the same as it was the day before. Yeah. You lose nothing yeah. except one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you only had one day left to live, then poor choice. <laughs> because the show films over a course of weeks. You're like, you have one day to live. I'm going to go audition for the first round of Last Comic Standing. Is there somewhere I can go wait in line? Yeah, I would love to stand out in a line. Um <laughs> Live every day like it's your last. I just I live every day standing in lines. They're doing auditions in L.A. and Alaska. Where would you like to wait in line? Alaska. <laughs> uh, I like the L.A. ska scene. I don't. Those are just words that sound like what we said. So, <laughs> the, but the point is, yeah, I uh, I went in optimistic. You know that I was like, I all I can do is my best, and if they like me, then great. And just every round that I got through, I was like, oh, super. I got I got to the next thing. Amazing. Like every time. Uh, so the fact when you ask me like you know how do you feel about the experience I'm like number one the results are you know who I am other you know millions of people saw me mm-hmm. uh, you know I have like it was the largest jump in you know Facebook fans and Twitter followers and uh, you know YouTube comments and every you know compared to all the other like 
compared to the late night shows that I've done, like just more people watched primetime NBC right. than any specific yeah. late show. So it was just, it had, and I was happy with what I did on the show. Like I'm happy with the way I came across. Like I think the show always, like for, for better or worse, like if a comedian could go on it and make it their own. Like when I, I watched the season that Doug Benson was on because I love Doug Benson. Love Doug Benson. And he did really, like they got him and they made him look good. You know, mm-hmm. he made it to, you know, I think sixth place. He's like, I'm the sixth funniest in the world, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and he would just, every time they had a competition, like he would make it his own. Yeah. He would do it, but also kind of make fun of it. Yeah. And so you can do that. You, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Like it doesn't, I know some people who won't go on the show because they're like, I don't think that competition uh, is is the way for comedy. And I think that, that is totally reasonable and fair. And ultimately, it's not, ultimately comedy is not a competition. And even that no. show, like w- winning that show, would it would have been nice to get a quarter million dollars. But ultimately, the, getting to the top five was just, I, I was thrilled to be able to go on tour with the guys and like, you know, then be in front of 65, 70 different, cities full of audiences yeah uh like that sounds like you got more than you could have imagined from that i mean that would yeah if i was happy i would like like i said in the beginning i'm like i just want to get past the first round if i can if i don't then fine but if i can't and then every round i'm just like oh you know you're thinking about obviously the like it would be great to win but every you're just it would be great to win every week to move on and yeah like I, i mean i don't think of Ultimately, it is good. I think it does more good for comedy, that specific show, that season. Like, Andy Kindler was on it. Uh, And he is, I mean, he's a guy who I I respect immensely. And he's the guy, he's the kind of guy who does, like, make fun of that that kind of show. And probably that show in particular. But, but, I mean, they came to him for that specific season. And they were like, we're we're redoing it. We're trying to make focus on comedy. And, you know, you would lend legitimacy to it. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, they were like, we're not going to rip, you know, him and Geraldo and Natasha, they were like, we're not going to rip people apart for, you know, just for entertainment. Yeah. And they're like, you don't have to just, they were like, B- you be honest, like comedians will do their thing. You do your thing. We're not going to bring in a British guy to uh, pick on you like every other show. No. it And it ultimately, like, like you said, it introduces people to specific comedians who are great. Like in the top, the 40 semifinalists that were there, they didn't all make it to the air, I know, sure. but, or, for extended periods of time. But like. There were amazing, any number of, any 10 of those 40 would have been, like, you know, if you're like, who are you funnier than? I'm like, I don't know, no one? Like, yeah. like Kurt Metzger, Mike Vecchione, like, these people are amazing, yeah. you know, like, Ryan Hamilton, uh, Nikki Glaser, like, yeah, all funny, these, funny. they're yep. all funny, like, friends of mine sure. now. Like, I think, I, I mean, it was a re- really amazing experience, because the week that the, we were filming the semifinals, uh, it was like, I think I knew probably half of the semifinalists in advance, and I got to know like almost all the other ones. So like, these are like twenty to forty like now good good friends at at best, and like you know at worst like friendly acquaintances who are like you know like comrades, you know mm-hmm. like colleagues in the in this twenty years from brothers now, and sisters. You'll have the last comic standing reunion, and Could you'll do. see who gained weight and who was divorced and who has kids. I was who- divorced when I did it to begin with, so. <laughs> I, I know that one. <laughs> Still divorced? Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, no, not, di- not divorced anymore. What do you mean? You're, you remarried the, the woman that you divorced? Is that how you become not divorced anymore? <laughs> I thought, if I remarried, am I not divorced? Technically. I mean, that's inter- That's an interesting... Uh, hmm. what's, I don't, what's the definition? I don't know. This sounds like a, uh, uh, like a word problem in a math class. It does. I'm going to look at that in a little bit. Mike, where do people find you online? Uh, Mike Kaplan, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N. Dot com or put that same Mike Kaplan after Facebook slash or Twitter slash there you go. or you know YouTube iTunes you'll find uh, that you can pre-order or post-order or order the new CD September twenty twenty fifth two thousand twelve and the old CD Vegan Mind Meld exists there mm-hmm. already uh, and the future you know uh, find me on Facebook or Twitter or my website or Gmail Mike Kaplan at Gmail hey and uh, you can. Speak to me directly, and I will uh, tell you things about what's happening. Perfect. And your podcast is going to come out uh, yesterday, tomorrow, or next week. This The plan is September, which is this month. So uh, this month, listen to Hang Out With Me and moving forward. Perfect. Mike, thank you. Uh, thank you, Justin. This was fun. Agreed.